I'm Brent McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, we're into the home stretch of 2018, which we will mark with our December movie preview. Plus, I'm Jeff Braun. I'll review Green Book and we'll give our takes on the Golden Globe nominations. And it turns out Snake Plissken makes for a great Santa Claus. First, let's get to the preview. seen a man cup before. It's so So this weekend's kind of weird. There's no new major release in theaters, but there is one on Netflix. After a limited release in theaters last week, we've got Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle, a new live-action movie about the Jungle Book. It's from actor-director Andy Serkis and serves as a reinvention of the classic tale from Rudyard Kipling, providing a darker take on the story about a boy torn between two worlds. All I've ever wanted is to belong always be my son, Mowgli. Nothing can ever change that. The jungle is changing. Man is taking more of it. The boy may just be our only hope of survival. We're afraid of what man might do to us. The pack needs you, Mowgli. This movie's had an interesting run so far. Originally set to be released in theaters in October 2016, it was delayed because, as you might remember, in the spring of 2016, Disney released a live-action Jungle Book of its own, which made almost a billion dollars worldwide. It got pushed off to 2017, before Warner Brothers finally just decided to sell the rights. Great cast in this one. Christian Bale as Bagheera the Panther, Andy Serkis as Baloo the Bear, Kate Blanchett as Ka the Snake, and Benedict Cumberbatch as this guy. That's Sher Khan, the mean tiger. This movie is doing okay on Rotten Tomatoes. Last time I checked, it was 61%. That's enough to make me curious enough to likely check it out eventually. Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle, now on Netflix. One of the greatest movies of all time returns to theaters this weekend. It's Steven Spielberg's masterpiece, Schindler's List. It says whoever saves one life saves the world entire. Based on the true story of German industrialist Oskar Schindler, who saved 1,100 Jews from the Nazis in World War II, Schindler's List won seven Oscars, including Best Picture and Spielberg's first Best Director statue. This year marks the film's 25th anniversary. It's long and hard to watch, but if you are up for it, or especially if you've never seen it before, Schindler's List, back in theaters now. You have no idea. <laughs> if I just... There will be generations because of what you did. I didn't do enough. You did so much. Moving to Wednesday, December 12th, Ryan Reynolds has brought back the Merc with a Mouth, just in time for the holidays. Right before Christmas, a good guy in red is coming to theaters with his new sidekick, Fred. Why am I here? You're in a PG-13 version of Deadpool. Filtered through the prism of childlike innocence. I'm a grown man. And nobody man. does childlike innocence like you, Fred. Nobody. I need you almost as much as you need me. I don't need you at all. You need me to untie you once we're done. It's Once Upon a Deadpool, a PG-13 version of this past summer's Deadpool 2, 
co-starring Fred Savage in a send-up of his role in The Princess Bride. I still haven't seen Deadpool 2, and I definitely want to see the hard R-rated version first, but hey, this is a clever way to cash in again on Deadpool. Once upon a Deadpool. Kind of prefer Marvel movies. We are Marvel. Yeah, but you're, you know, Marvel licensed by Fox. It's like if the Beatles were produced by Nickelback. It's music, but it sucks. You were nicer as a kid. Rated PG-13. Limited engagement in theaters December 12th. Well, here's a movie, moving to December 14th, here's a Marvel movie licensed by Sony that is said to not suck, and I am super excited for this next one. It's the freshly announced Golden Globe-nominated Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. The news is out. USA Today calls Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse the year's best movie. Ah! Teenagers, just the worst. Let's go. An astonishing shot of cinematic adrenaline. Who are you? I'm the one and only Spider-Woman. Very cool. The Los Angeles Times says it's sweet, (sighs) irreverent, and daring. We taught him that, right? You definitely didn't teach him that. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Only in theaters December 14th. Nominated for Best Animated Motion Picture at the Globes, this Spider-Man story focuses on Brooklyn teenager Miles Morales, who has become the one and only Spider-Man until he enters the Spider-Verse, i.e. he enters another dimension and meets Peter B. Parker, voiced by Jake Johnson from New Girl. Then they meet other Spider-People as they crisscross through various dimensions. They even get to meet Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham. This movie looks amazing, getting sensational reviews, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes when I looked earlier this week. The cast also includes Haley Steinfeld, Mahershala Ali, and Nicolas Cage as Spider-Man Noir. Nice. Some people are saying he should get an Oscar for his life. Oh my god. (laughs) That might be a bit much. So this movie looks wild. I just cannot wait to see it. I think I want to see that one too, and uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I had two letters to the editor published in the 18 issues of Peter Porker, The Spectacular Spider-Ham. Come on. Two? Two. Uh, And they only did 18 issues. I've got a handful of They must not have got a lot of mail. Look for a little Jeffrey Bronze, a little... uh... I might. Okay. So that looks like a good one. There's one I thought I might want to see on the 14th as well, but since it's a week away and there's not one review of it available on Rotten Tomatoes yet, it might not be good. 88 year old Clint Eastwood plays a 90 year old drug mule in The Mule. Need help, sir? Oh, uh, officer, hi. You need help? Uh, No, no, I'm fine, thank you. What do you got there? Uh, Pecans. I delivering pecans to my niece. And pecans? Her. Yeah, pecans. She makes the worst pecan pie you've ever tasted. I feel sorry for her husband, but and I feel sorry for the pecans, too. <laughs> he had a bunch of drugs in his truck, but did not get caught. I was flabbergasted when I saw this trailer. I love Clint, and I knew he was still directing, although it's been a couple of years since he's had a good one. I did not know, though, he was still acting, let alone starring in movies. The Mule looks like it does have the stuff of good Latter-day Eastwood, i.e. sad old man trying to make a Ends for a horrible life. Family's the most important thing. Don't do what I did. I put work in front of family. I thought it was more important to be somebody out there than the damn failure I was in my own home. 
So he has somehow become a drug mule for a Mexican cartel, but after being caught, it looks like he has to help the cops, led by Bradley Cooper, who was Eastwood's boy and American sniper a few years ago. In the trailer, Eastwood swears this will be his last one, and it's hard to tell if it's the character or Clint himself, but I guess if he were going to retire, he'd have done it by now. This is the last one. So help me God. This is the last one. Yeah, I had the same thing when I saw the trailer. I thought, what is this? Yeah. I was, I it was, was excited. Because <laughs> he said, he said more than once, I'm not acting anymore. Yeah. Well, and now it looks, I mean, all these really shows him driving a truck around. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, it's weird, though, that no one's reviewed it yet. Yeah, it so, is. Maybe. He's had a couple of real stinkers lately, too. I don't know. This one looks pretty cool. I bet you it's going to be all right. Hope so. Hopefully. I hope they don't have to eat those words. One more on the 14th. Peter Jackson is back with a new movie based on a popular book series. It's called Mortal Engines. From the filmmakers of The Lord of the Rings comes a vision of our future. I need to think this is what it looked like. That's what happens when the Earth gets shattered into a thousand pieces. After the war, cities were rebuilt in the skies, on the sea. But the deadliest ones were built on wheels. That is London. We have to stop London before it destroys us. That plane with fire. Hold on! Mortal Engines. See it in IMAX. Rated PG-13. Mortal Engines is set hundreds of years into the future after a cataclysmic event shocks the world. And it's about a mysterious woman who is the only person who can stop London, this giant predator city on wheels, from destroying all in its path. As you heard, the remaining cities are either in the air, in the sea, or they're rolling around on wheels. It's written by Peter Jackson, Fran Walsh, and Philippa Boyens. That's the team from The Lord of the Rings. And is directed by Christian Rivers, who has done tons of visual effects work with Peter Jackson. It looks wild, but I think this one's going to be too weird for a mass audience. On Netflix on the 17th, a movie we want to tell you about called Roma. It's a family drama set in Mexico City's Roma district in the 1970s. It's in Spanish with subtitles, so no clip. It's directed by Alfonso Cuaron, who won an Oscar for Gravity, and it was also nominated for Best Foreign Film at the Golden Globes. It's highly acclaimed by critics everywhere. Coming up in a moment, we're going to tell you about a sequel that I did not think would ever happen. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. We're doing the December movie preview, and one of the coolest characters of all time returns to the big screen in a new adventure on the 19th. <laughs> what? You look like Mary Poppins. Is he cool? Hell yeah, he's cool. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all! But for real, Emily Blunt takes up the mantle from Julie Andrews in Mary Poppins Returns. It's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious. If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. That's from the original 1964 movie. I hope they bring it back, though. Lin-Manuel Miranda, a.k.a. the guy who made Hamilton, co-stars with Blunt, Meryl Streep, Colin Firth, Emily Mortimer, Angela Lansbury, and OG Poppinhead Dick Van Dyke co-star. Mary Poppins, it is wonderful to see you. Yes, it is, isn't it? Moving on to December 21st, a movie that is set to make a huge splash this season. It's Aquaman. Arthur Curry. I hear you can talk to fish. 
Jason Momoa returns as Aquaman, first seen in last year's Justice League as one of the highlights from that film, as a man whose father was a lighthouse keeper and his mother was a queen from the underwater world of Atlantis. The movie is directed by Furious 7's James Wan and co-stars Amber Heard, Nicole Kidman, Dolph Lundgren, Randall Park, Willem Dafoe, Graham McTavish, Jaimin Hansu, and in the role of the bad guy Patrick Wilson. DC needs this movie to be a winner. So far, all the buzz is solid. The war is coming to the surface. And I'm bringing the wrath of the seven seas with me. But Aquaman, you cannot marry a woman without gills. You're from two different worlds. Oh, I've wasted my life. Also on the 21st, a spinoff of the Transformer series, Bumblebee. Who are you? Do you speak? I won't hurt you. That's Haley Steinfeld as the young lady who buys Bumblebee. It's a prequel, by the way, set in 1987. In that first Transformers movie set in 2007, and Bumblebee was a Camaro in that. Here he's the old VW Beetle that we remember him being as a toy cartoon in the 80s. So she discovers her car is actually a big giant robot, and they become fast friends until the Decepticons show up, and the government starts hunting them in the form of a special agent played by John Cena. I'm sure I'm wrong, but it looks better than the other Transformers movies. You got people out there who need you. This is why you're here, B. You're not wrong. It does look a lot better. And yeah. it, simply by the fact that you were always the one who, like, you volunteered to do this in the preview. <laughs> there was something, the first trailer that came out for this thing, the teaser trailer, it, like, made this hair stand up on my arms every single time. I don't know why. I think it's just a well-made trailer. Yeah. But I was like, wow, that looks really good. Yeah, it looks good, man. So. It looks like it, it It has the heart that all of the Transformers movies have been lacking. Here's hoping. Yeah, here's hoping indeed. Hey, here's another one on December 21st. Steve Carell stars in Welcome to Marwen. There's no excuse for for what they did to you. It's a hate crime. To miracle survived. I got your back. Based on an inspirational true story. They knocked me down, but I've created a world where I can heal. Hey, looking good. Welcome to Marwin. Welcome to healing. You need to face those jerks who beat you up. Welcome to hope. I have my friends, and they can't take that away from me. Hell yeah. Welcome to Marwin. Rated PG-13. Welcome to Marwin is a mix of live action and animation directed by Robert Zemeckis, the guy behind other animated movies like The Polar Express, Beowulf, and A Christmas Carol. That's that sort of hyper-realistic looking animation that also looks kind of weird. But in this movie, it looks like it fits. It's a fictionalized version of a true story. Carell plays Mark Hogenkamp, who is 
savagely beaten to the point where his memory is shot. So in his recovery, he builds this World War II village in his yard. He calls it Marwin, and when he inhabits that world, that's where the animation comes in. Looks pretty cool, and the supporting cast includes Leslie Mann, Janelle Monet, Diane Kruger, Gwendolyn Christie, and many more. Opening wide on the 21st, if you're looking for a period frilly costume movie, how about Mary Queen of Scots, starring Saoirse Ronan and Margot Robbie? England does not look so different from Scotland. Aye, they are sisters. Queen Elizabeth, your cousin Mary has returned to take up her throne in Scotland. My dear cousin, let our nations cherish each other as we would. Two kingdoms united. How did the world come to this? Why are you servicing the whims of women? Mary, Mary, why you bugging? Basically, it looks like a Judy Dench movie starring younger people mixed with Braveheart. Ronan plays Mary, Queen of Scots. Raleigh plays Queen Elizabeth. It gets ugly. There's also a lot of very striking wig work, if the trailer's any indication. Your beauty, your bravery. Now I see there's no cause for envy. Your gifts will be your downfall. Should you murder me, remember you murder your sister. And you murder your queen. Up next, a legendary comic duo team up to play a legendary detective duo. Details next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett, he's Jeff, we are The Couch Potatoes. Doing our December movie preview, we're on to December 21st. One more to tell you about on that day. Jennifer Lopez stars in Second Act. Maya was always one degree away from success. I wish we lived in a world where street smarts equal book smarts. Until a little lie. Your resume interests me. Wharton Business School. Sorry, what? You have got to see her Facebook page. I gave you a completely new identity by Cinderella Giraffe. Uh-uh. Gave her the chance. She gave you an apartment and credit cards. To show the world. What I did in that room, that was me. It's never too late. You're going to come clean, right? I can do this. For a second act. Okay. Second act. Rated PG-13. Said to be inspired by movies like Working Girl and Made in Manhattan, Lopez plays Maya, a 40-year-old woman frustrated by unfulfilled dreams. Then she takes a shot at a job on Madison Avenue, fibs a little bit to get the job, and now has to maintain that lie to prove she belongs in the big time. Looks like it could be fun. On Christmas Day, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are back together. Your Majesty, may I present to you the greatest detective of all time, Sherlock Holmes, and Dr. John Watson. I love you. Watson? Oh! What a looker, right? She is stunning. One of the finest comedy teams of modern times reunites this Christmas for Holmes and Watson. There have been a lot of Sherlock Holmes variations the past 10 years, and here's another. It's set in England in the 1800s, nothing gimmicky there. The gimmick, of course, is that it's a buffoonish comedy with Farrell as Holmes and Riley as Watson. A murder in Buckingham Palace. Solve this case in four days or I will kill the Queen. Signed, Professor James Moriarty. Come, Watson. We have a killer to catch. Yeah, no 
Had to know that was coming. Ray Fiennes is perfectly cast as Moriarty. He's a very good bad guy. The running joke in the trailer is that Watson is turned on by a very elderly Queen Victoria. It looks dumb, but fun. I have two days left to live. Solve this case. Her Majesty, would you mind if we had a picture together? Watson? Who's going to take the photograph? I will take it. You see, it's sort of a self-photograph. He's a real fan. I swear, I never do this. Hey, girl! Hey, girl! Also on Christmas Day, Christian Bale is Dick Cheney in Vice. I want you to be my VP. I want you. You're my vice. Well, George, I, uh... I'm the CEO of a large company. And I have been Secretary of Defense. And I have been White House Chief of Staff. The Vice Presidency is a mostly symbolic job. Uh However, if we came to a uh, different understanding, I can handle the more mundane jobs overseeing bureaucracy, military, energy, and uh, foreign policy. Yeah, right. I like that. That's Sam Rockwell as George W. Bush. Vice is from Adam McKay, who made a lot of silly movies with Will Ferrell, but got some credit as a serious filmmaker with The Big Short a couple of years ago. Now he set his sights on Cheney, widely credited as the puppeteer behind the Bush administration. It's a satirical comedy about Cheney's lust for power. Bale also put on like 65 pounds for the role. Amy Adams plays his wife, Lynn Cheney. Steve Carell plays Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld. Looks like Vice will be a player throughout award season, racking up six Golden Globe nominations this week. So we're going to do this thing or what? I mean, is this happening? I believe we can make this work. <laughs> Hot damn. One more on Christmas Day. Felicity Jones stars in On the Basis of Sex. Discrimination on the basis of sex is legal. Is it a crazy thought? What did you say your name was? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We're going to topple the whole system of discrimination. You're ready for this. You've been ready for this your whole life. You think you can change the country? This is just the beginning. On the basis of sex. Rated PG-13. This is the true story of young lawyer Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who teams with her husband, Marty, to bring a groundbreaking case before the U.S. Court of Appeals to overturn a century of gender discrimination. The arrival of the movie falls in line with Justice Ginsburg's 25th anniversary on the Supreme Court. And there you have it. That is the December movie preview. And uh, one of the other awards that got, or one of the other films, pardon me, that got nominated for Golden Globes, was Green Book. It's something I saw this week. It's called Green Book. Yeah. Some guy called over here, a doctor. He's looking for a driver. You interested? I am not a medical doctor. I'm a musician. I'm about to embark on a concert tour in the Deep South. What other experience do you have? Public relations. Do you foresee any issues in working for a black man? You and the Deep South? There's going to be problems. You never win with violence. You only win when you maintain your dignity. You don't know your own people. You, Mr. Big Shot, doing concerts for rich people. So if I'm not black enough, and if I'm not white enough, then tell me, Tony, what am I? Anyone can sound like Beethoven. But your music 
will you do? Only you can do that. Green Book starring Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali, directed by Peter Farrelly of the Farrelly Brothers. Yes, those Farrelly Brothers. Think uh, Kingpin, There's Something About Mary and Dumb and Dumber. Viggo, Mahershala, and Farrelly all nominated for Golden Globes, and the movie gets a Best Picture nomination in the comedy or musical category. Green Book is not a Disney movie, but aspects of it very much feel like a Disney movie, and that's in a good way. There are scenes in the beginning of mafia types yelling at each other, but no one's using the F word. And I mean, Goodfellas and the Sopranos taught us that the F word is nearly the only word the mafia types use. The movie is a big message movie about racism. It is very neat and tidy in its storytelling, which is where the Disney vibe sort of comes in. It's also got some pretty corny parts, again, invoking Disney, but somehow... It really works. There's enough artistic merit to the filmmaking that it feels like a cut above a lot of movies just by the look of it, just by the craftsmanship, and the performances are terrific. The basic story is this. Vigo plays an Italian tough guy in the Bronx in 1962. He's a bouncer at the Copacabana. He's not all mobbed up, but he does deal with them at the Copa and even manufactures a situation where he comes off looking like a hero to a mob boss. He could get mobbed up if he wanted to, but he doesn't really want to because he is a decent guy. The bad news is the Copa is about to undergo renovations and will be closed for November and December. Vigo won't have a job for two months, and it's a situation where, for whatever reason, just the times, I guess, the Copa won't cover his pay while they're closed, so I guess he relies on tips too, probably. So he needs a job for a short while. Enter Mahershala Ali. He's a concert pianist who's about to embark on a two-month tour of the Deep South with his jazz trio. He's a world-renowned uh, pianist. He'll be playing in rooms filled with Richie Riches across the South. He needs a driver for the tour. The title, The Green Book, by the way, refers to a manual from the time that was put together for African Americans on vacation. It was like a yellow pages that listed the restaurants and hotels in the South that would serve African Americans and put them up for the night. So... Ali hires Vigo, they set off, they get an adventure, some comical, some dramatical, and they grow to be friends. They both have ideas what the other guys like based on their stereotypical views of black people and Italian people. Spending all that time together will broaden their horizons. That's a story, again, set in the Deep South, so a lot of it is they come upon a racist scenario where Mahershala gets hassled for being black and Vigo bails him out. They're, they're also opposites because Mahershala is very refined, educated, he's prim and proper, and Vigo is like a boorish lout who eats with his hands and he curses and spits. Again, the Disney of it all. The S-word is used frequently, as well as some of the other lighter swear words. There's only one F-bomb, and only one use of the N-word. Like I said, there's some cornball stuff as well, but the performances are just that good, and the fun parts are just that fun. The traumatic parts are effective. I didn't mind some cornball in a movie that clicks like that. It also just churns along nicely. It's well-paced. It helps, I suppose, that they're traveling, so they're sort of always on to the next thing. And again, the performances, Vigo especially, I can't say this enough, Mahershala Ali is always good. He is, again, his character is a serious guy who doesn't care for tomfoolery, but he's got some demons he's fighting inside, and there are more than one revelation along the way that you won't see coming. Vigo walks this thin line between playing a broad character and hamming it up. Now, like I said, it's broad. A lot of the aforementioned cornball is on him. He's doing a, hey, you guys, kind of Italian stereotype. And sometimes it feels like a Saturday Night Live sketch or almost feels like that. But he commits so fully in all of it that it just works. It probably shouldn't 
but it does. And it's in his mannerism, it's in its eyes, it's 100%. It should come off as an actor making fun of Italians, but it feels genuine. Vigo completely disappears in front of your eyes. It's, it's Frankly, it's a little remarkable. Uh, he did get a Golden Globe nomination. I won't be surprised if he gets an Oscar nomination. Some of the other actors, mostly Vigo's family and friends, are maybe a little too hammy, but again, the movie is a way of sucking you in, so you just go along with it. It's a crowd pleaser, and it's so good at pleasing the crowd that no one minds the broad dialogue or the somewhat predictable story. It's a fun night out at the movies. You will laugh, you will cry, you will not be disappointed. Uh, people applauded when the credits started at this thing. Like four couch cushions out of five for Green Book. And once again, Green Book, that was nominated Film of the Year by the National Board of Review, right? Right. So, and it's, yeah, it's popping up on lists everywhere, year-end lists. Okay, hey, speaking of lists here, let's just quickly tell you what's coming out on home video this upcoming week. Oh, you do not want to be friends with me. Trust me. Stephanie, I need your help. Uh, are you okay? I'm fine, but I, I do need just a, a simple favor. Can you come over? Yeah. Five days ago, Emily went missing. I warn you, you go poking around in her past, you're gonna find something that is terrifying. She was not a normal person like you or me. A Simple Favor, starring Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. I saw it. It's a really good thriller, but it's like a thriller smashed head-on into a comedy. It's very different from what you've seen before. I give it three and a half coach cushions out of five. Definitely recommend it for a rental. Okay, what else do we have coming out? Night School, starring Tiffany Haddish and Kevin Hart, a comedy that I don't know a lot of people saw. Uh, Venom with Tom Hardy. Did you get around to seeing Venom? No, never did. I think a lot of people liked it, though. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's done very well at the box yeah. office, and they're even they're marketing the home video release as a rom com. So Are they're, you they're serious? yeah, they've kind of embraced the goofy tone of the <laughs> film, and they're saying, ah, oh, let's just have some fun with this. That's awesome. So maybe that'll bring it some even more life uh, on home video. That's digital HD next Tuesday. Hard copy Blu-ray DVDs. You got Denzel in the Equalizer two, and Jennifer Garner in Peppermint. Up next, we're going to talk some Golden Globes and Kurt Russell as Saint Nick. You're listening to the Couch Potato. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are the Couch Potatoes. Time now to talk Golden Globes. Black Panther. Must feel good. Sitting here comfortable. What do you want? Your secrets. That's a Black Panther uh, nominated for Best Motion Picture Drama, along with Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, If Beale Street Could Talk, and A Star Is Born. Beale Street isn't out yet. It's from uh, director Barry Jenkins, who made Moonlight a couple of years ago. What do you think is going to win that one, Brett? Oh, boy. I kind of feel like Black Panther has some momentum here. Yeah. But the Golden Globes, they like their music. So it could end up going to either a Bohemian Rhapsody or a Star is Born. I don't know. I think that's one's wide open, really. Really? I, th- I, I'm, I would, if I had to put money on it, and I, I would put it on a Star is Born, I wouldn't feel comfortable about it. Good call. Uh, best Picture, Musical or Comedy, Crazy Rich Asians, The Favorite, Green Book, Mary Poppins Returns, or Vice. I'm go- I, you know what? I think Green Book's going to win this one, too. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, this is the Hollywood Foreign Press, and yeah. Vice is about an American politician, so they'll probably stay away from that, and they'll go for something that's a bit more about cultural diversity and all that. So and Green Book seems like that. Or it could be Mary Poppins. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Mary, well, No one's seen this Mary Poppins movie yet. We'll see if it's any good. Yeah. The TV ones are a real head-scratcher. Um, let me see if I can find this quickly. The best the best television series drama, The Americans. I'm all in on that. They had a great season with a great series finale. Bodyguard? 
This is a new show uh, that just recently popped up on Netflix. It's only six episodes. British. British show, yeah, starring the guy who played uh, Rob Stark in Game of Thrones. Ah. So, yeah, it looks cool. And the fact that it's only six episodes means I will likely <laughs> check it out. Homecoming? Ever heard of it? Yeah, Sandra. Oh, no, wait, pardon me. She's in the next one. Yeah. Homecoming, I just recently heard about it. So, I think it's an Amazon show. Killing Eve was with Sandra Oh. A lot of critics said it was the best show of the year. And Pose, which I honestly have never heard of until this week. <laughs> yeah, we're, ba- <laughs> we're bad couch potatoes. Hey, hey there's five. 500 shows on TV. We can't watch them all. <laughs> I know. I know. And clearly, uh, I have not watched one of those television shows. Best musical or comedy show, Barry, The Good Place, Kidding, The Kaminsky Method, and The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, we know from other award show, The Good Place, we've both been bleeding as loud as we possibly can to anyone who will listen to watch that. That's yeah. the best show. Uh, Barry's always gets, that's the Bill Hader show that gets a lot of award recognition. Did that win at the Emmys? He won at the Emmys. Oh, okay. I, don't, I don't think it won. Atlanta's not on the list, which is weird. Uh, the Kaminsky Method is on Netflix. That's a new one as well, and Michael Douglas is in that one. I think I'll give that one a shot at some time. Kidding is a show on Showtime with Jim Carrey, and I can't really remember what that one's about. But yeah, that's right. Oh, it was a marvelous Mrs. Maisel, that one yeah, yeah. at the Emmys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's a pretty solid lineup. Uh, Mrs. Maisel, you got to think, is the favorite I would to think win so. that. But, we'll be rooting for the good place. Oh, man, it would be nice <laughs> to see the good place get some love. Renewed for season four, so that'll be back. Oh, sure. outstanding. Season three is not over. There's a new one. There's now and every now and then we get a new episode of that for some reason. I don't know what the scheduling is. Hey, we got about ninety seconds left here. Just wanted to tell you about a Christmas movie that debuted. I think you did something on this recently. I was uh, excited about it and I forgot to watch it. It debuted on Netflix November twenty second. Kurt Russell plays Santa Claus in the Christmas Chronicles. Santa Claus live and in person, one night only. Can you go ho, ho, ho? I don't go ho, ho, ho. That's a myth. Christmas spirit's down 35%. Half the planet's not going to get toys. So a few brats don't get presents, it's not the end of the world. People need Christmas to remind themselves of how good they can be. Wendy, you got so big. Excuse me? You know what I mean. Grown up big. Now, Wendy, we need a ride. Can you call an Uber? You think I can pay the driver? So this movie, I mean, it's a silly little movie, but it's pretty cool in the sense that we get to see Santa Claus in action, and they almost make him like an action hero. Oh, really? In certain, yeah, like it's got some really cool visual effects, which is good. And uh, the story that it, that gets the kids into the sleigh with Santa, this is real Christmas hokum. But so what? Kurt Russell is a delight as this kind of straight talking Santa Claus, but he's like he's kind of a smart aleck. And he's got attitude, but he still conveys this this pure joy. This like you can t- see it in his eyes, this kindness in his eyes, and he really brings a lot of a lot to this role. So I'd, I'd probably would only give it three couch cushions out of five. But for Christmas fun, hard to go wrong if you're looking for something on Netflix. Right on. And again, the the effects were cool. They were better than I expected out of something from Netflix. So there you go. I'm watching. It. That's all the time we've got. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Make sure you subscribe. <coughs> Excuse me. Subscribe to the podcast. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.